Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. You hop onto Amazon to make a quick purchase. A recommendation catches your eye. Amazon uses an algorithm to determine which products you might like to try. Sometimes it's creepy. Sometimes it's so wrong that it makes you laugh. But computer scientists have considered this recommendation problem to be one of the best examples of a type of problem that's exponentially faster to solve on quantum computers. That's made it an important validation of the power of these futuristic machines. But now, a teenager has stripped away that validation. Last year, then 18-year-old Ewen Tang took quantum computing down a notch when she posted a paper online. In it, Tang proved that ordinary computers can solve an important computing problem with performance potentially comparable to that of a quantum computer. In its most practical form, the recommendation problem relates to how services like Amazon and Netflix figure out what you might like to try. Tang's work shows you don't need quantum computers to solve it quickly. This was one of the most prominent examples of the exponential speed up in quantum machine learning. And a lot of the other papers that claim exponential speed up, they have some sort of caveats that make it hard to see whether they have exponential speed ups. And if they do have exponential speed ups, where they would happen. So this was basically one of the most definitive examples of the speed up, and it's no longer there. In 2014, Tang was 14 and had skipped fourth through sixth grade before enrolling at the University of Texas, Austin, majoring in mathematics and computer science. In the spring of 2017, Tang took Scott Aronson's quantum information class. Aronson, a prominent researcher in quantum computing, recognized Tang as an unusually talented student. He offered himself as advisor on an independent research project. Tang says Aronson presented a handful of problems to choose from, including the recommendation problem. Initially, I was a little bit hesitant because I wasn't sure if, like, it did seem like a pretty hard problem when I looked at it. But it was the easiest problem of the problems that he did give me. So he gave me, like, a variety of problems to choose from. And that one seemed the easiest. So I ended up pursuing that one. The recommendation problem is designed to give a recommendation for products that users will like. Consider the case of Netflix. It knows what films you've watched. It knows what all of its other millions of users have watched. Given this information, what are you likely to want to watch next? You can think of this data as being arranged in a giant grid or matrix with movies listed across the top. Users are listed down the side. There are values at points on the grid quantifying whether or to what extent each user likes each film. A good algorithm would generate recommendations by quickly and accurately recognizing similarities between movies and users and filling in the blanks in the matrix. The computational power that you need to spend is proportional to the number of products that exist in the system. That's computer scientist Iordanus Carinides. If there is a million or 10 million or 100 million different products on Amazon, then the computational time grows as the number of products grows. Meaning that if Amazon goes from 1 million products to 1 billion products, I don't know, I'm just coming up with numbers, then the time that 
the recommender will spend in order to come up with a good solution will be a thousand times more, which if it took a second, it will take a thousand seconds, and this is practically not solving the problem. You don't solve the problem if it takes too long to actually produce something which is interesting because the user has already left the system. In 2016, Kirinides and fellow computer scientist Anupam Prakash published a quantum algorithm that solved the recommendation problem exponentially faster than any known classical algorithm. They did it in part by simplifying the problem. Instead of filling out the entire matrix and identifying the single best product to recommend, Kerenity says they developed a way of sorting users. What we showed is that the complexity of the quantum solution does not grow with something that grows very fast and goes to very big numbers like millions or hundreds of millions, but it grows with something which is much smaller. The way we can see it is kind of the number of types of different users, for example. So we might have one million users, but we don't have one million unique users. Most of the users fit into a small number of very well-defined categories. For instance, do you, the user, like blockbusters? I'm the king of the world! <laughs> or indie films? Well, nobody's going to go out with me. Have you asked anybody yet? No, but who would? I don't even have any good skills. What do you mean? You know, like... Nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. Would you rather watch action films? Hold on. Or romantic comedies? They knew it. Time. Distance, nothing could separate them because they knew it was right, it was real, it was a movie. That's your problem. You don't want to be in love. You want to be in love in a movie. Are you into zombies? <laughs> or vampires? You're impossibly fast and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. Your eyes change color. Kirinides and Prakash then sampled the existing data in order to generate a recommendation that was simply good enough. Kirinides says you don't have to know how much every single person likes every single product in order to find a good one. You just need to find a good one. The moment you find a good one, you stop and you output that thing. At the time of Kirinides and Prakash's work, there were only a few examples of problems that quantum computers seemed to be able to solve exponentially faster than classical computers. Most of those examples were specialized. They were narrow problems designed to play into the strengths of quantum computers. Kirinides and Prakash's result was exciting because it provided a real-world problem people cared about, where quantum computers outperformed classical ones. Once again, here's Kirinides, who's a computer scientist at the Research Institute on the Foundations of Computer Science in Paris. To my sense, it was one of the very first examples in what we call machine learning and big data that we showed that quantum computers can actually do something that we still don't know how to do classically. Kerenides and Prakash proved that a quantum computer could solve the recommendation problem exponentially faster than any known algorithm. But they didn't prove that a fast classical algorithm couldn't exist. 
So when Aronson began working with Tang in 2017, that was the question he posed. Prove that there is no fast classical recommendation algorithm and thereby confirm that Karenides and Prakash's quantum speedup is real. That seemed to me like, you know, a very important I to dot or T to cross in order to complete the story. Tang set to work in the fall of 2017, intending for the recommendation problem to serve as a senior thesis. So at first, the first few months, I had like absolutely nothing. The thing that happens when you don't have anything is that you start getting desperate and going for weaker results. And so the thing is that these results were opposite, but they're sort of the idea of like, okay, find a fast classical algorithm versus prove there is no fast classical algorithm. Knowing about why the approach to one doesn't work might allow you to do the other. If you try to make the fastest classical algorithm you can and you hit a roadblock, maybe you can use that roadblock to prove that there is no fast classical algorithm. Basically, I started trying to decide, okay, what actually is the fastest classical algorithm? What does get close and why doesn't it work? And continually, I would find a lot more leeway in terms of finding the fast classical algorithm. And eventually, I started believing that there was a fast classical algorithm, but I couldn't really prove it to myself because Scott seems to think that there isn't, and then, you know, he's kind of the authority. Finally, with the senior thesis deadline bearing down, Aronson says Tang wrote to him and said, You know, I think actually there is a fast classical algorithm. And I was, you know, I guess cautious. Aronson says sometimes you can think you've proven something, but it turns out you were wrong. And this was a very, very surprising claim. Throughout the spring, Tang wrote up the results and worked with Aronson to clarify some steps in the proof. The fast classical algorithm Tang found was directly inspired by the fast quantum algorithm Karenides and Prakash had found two years earlier. Tang showed that the kind of quantum sampling techniques they used in their algorithm could be replicated in a classical setting. Like Karenides and Prakash's algorithm, Tang's algorithm ran in polylogarithmic time. That means the computational time scales with the logarithm of characteristics, like the number of users and products in the data set. Tang's algorithm was exponentially faster than any previously known classical algorithm. Once Tang had completed the algorithm, Aronson wanted to be sure it was correct before releasing it publicly. I was still nervous. Because once Tang put the paper online, if it was wrong, Aronson says it could impact Tang's blossoming career. You know, it was flat, right? So, you know, I wanted to really get some confidence that this was right for Ewan's own sake. Aronson had been planning to attend a quantum computing workshop at the University of California, Berkeley in June. Many of the biggest names in the field were going to be there, including Karenides and Prakash. Aronson invited Tang to come to Berkeley to informally present the algorithm in the days after the official conference ended. Tang gave two lectures while fielding questions from the audience. Their goal was to see if the algorithm actually works and what the implications are and how I was able to do what I did. And so actually it was a really great experience because I finally got to meet everybody that I had heard about and then uh, talk to them about how to maybe improve the result or how the result fits in into the other literature about recommendation systems and things like that. And luckily, there was never a moment where they had a question that I couldn't answer. By the end of four hours, a consensus emerged. 
Tang's classical algorithm seemed correct. But what many people in the room didn't realize was just how young she was. Karenides was surprised to learn her age. I have to admit that I did not know that Ewan was 18 years old, and I certainly did not get that when she was giving the talk. To me, she was someone who was giving a very mature talk. She knew exactly what he was talking about, and there was no difference than a colleague giving a talk, which was incredible. The algorithm was first published on archive.org in July of last year. For quantum computing, Tang's result is a setback, or not. Tang has eliminated one of the clearest, best examples of a quantum advantage. At the same time, Tang's paper is further evidence of the fruitful interplay between the study of quantum and classical algorithms. Aronson says Tang is killing Karenides and Prakash's quantum speedup, but then also improving on and building on what they did. Aronson says Tang would never have come up with the classical algorithm if not for the quantum algorithm as an inspiration. Tang graduated from the University of Texas, Austin last spring with a perfect 4.0 grade point average. She's now working on her Ph.D. in theoretical computer science at the University of Washington. I definitely want to continue with it. It's just for the reason that I think quantum machine learning is, as a field, it's a little bit of a mess. You know, since it's a mess, you need people to clean it up. Forbes even named Tang as one of its 30 under 30 for her work on the recommendation problem, her contribution so far to cleaning up the field. And she's not even old enough to drink yet. Michelle Yoon and Michael Moyer helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Kevin Hartnett's full article, Major Quantum Computing Advance Made Obsolete by Teenager, on our website, quantummagazine.org. And how do the best mathematical minds work? That's one of the questions addressed in the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy. You can find the audio version now on Audible. Audible.